Well, welcome everyone to Between Two Senseis. We're finally on. This is episode five. We got a bunch of topics to talk about. And first up, uh, Kasparov's performance in St. Louis, the champions uh, showdown. Um, let me throw it to David. You're the Chess 960 fan. What do you think? Timer is starting. Um, well, first of all, I think um, if you want to start on the Chess 960 side of it, Kasparov plays the opening reasonably in Chess 960. He's not behind these other people um, in his opening play from my own opinion and perspective i think he's acquitting himself quite well in the opening so either he has some experience with 960 or he um you know his chess uh whatever his chess instincts and culture and everything come together um and make him you know able to play it competently right off the bat and then secondly for his overall performance i think that he has at least met expectations um I think he's had some good games and he probably has really high expectations for himself, but I think you would expect him to have a minus score probably in rapid chess against like, you know, a bunch of like the top 10 yeah. people who are in shape now. I think, Especially you know, you online. guys can correct me if you disagree on the expectation, but I think the expectation would be a minus score. And if not for like a, like a mouse input error against Fabiano, he probably would be on an even score right now. Um, so I think he's playing quite well. Um, yeah. Cool. Jesse, what do you think? Well, let me follow up a little bit with David because I, I, yeah, the 960 fan in the house. Um, first of all, let me just ask you, maybe talk more about it too. Like when you say you feel like his openings were okay, how are you judging that? Um, I played through the first 10 moves of every single game. Uh, graded <laughs> the players on how well uh -huh. they played the opening in each game yeah. and then sort of averaged it out from there. That was on stream yesterday, right? People can check the replay for that. I did that Friday for the first three rounds and yesterday I did it on my own off stream. And, uh, you know, I've got Kasparov as third in opening play out of the 10 of them with a with a B plus currently wow. so so I mean did you do it with a computer or how did you do the grading what do you mean with my eyes with your I, eyes I, uh... I played through their moves and I and when I saw moves that made me puke I gave them D's and when I saw moves I that that I that looked like okay I gave them B's and when I saw moves that were really nice I gave them A's okay when I learned something they got an A plus Okay, yeah, yeah. It was so funny on the stream just now, um, they asked Fabi about one of his games and apparently like against someone, I forgot who, he, he played the first two moves D4 and then he short castled. And his opponent could have played this crazy move G5 and the engine was giving them like a huge, huge advantage with black after two moves in the opening. And they were like, what? Like, can you explain this to us? And he's like, no, I'm sorry, I really can't. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like what the basis of the evaluation would be yeah, why i was so so much in black's favor in that position after some random move g5 yeah i think a typical mistake a lot of people do make in chess 960 is to castle too early um if they're just sort of like not sure what else to do and they're like well castling will probably help my position somewhat why is that a mistake just too early well i mean a lot of times it's like useful to have the choice to castle to either side or you need the tempo to fight for the center with your pieces so i mean castling is sort of like a a random lazy move in normal chess too sometimes 
Let me ask you this, David, because this is kind of one of the interest, the, the interesting thing about Chess 960 to me is uh, it goes back to a big debate we've had here on the dojo between me and Kostya. We've almost come to blows, but we can't really come to blows because he's on the other side of the country. <laughs> um, and that is the importance of the opening. And I know you like Chess 960 because you feel it takes away the opening advantage. And I'm wondering how you see that like well yeah let's just get your intuition like how much is the opening worth even at let's start at that level which is where i think if you're, you're going to argue for the opening. like does playing a good opening give somebody a better chance of scoring well in 960 is that what you're asking like what well, no, effect it has on well, outcome or no our debate with me and costa is in regular chess how much does the opening matter and the idea with chess 960 i would say, I would say yeah. increasingly little as both players are rattling off like memorized moves together. My problem with, with normal chess is that the opening is like almost completely not a factor because people don't actually play those moves. And I think the, you know, it's better to have people play those moves for themselves. You get more errors, more skill differentiation and expression and uh, more decisive results as well, which people tend to want uh, when it comes to fans. Oh, okay. I mean, let me just put it this way. And maybe I'm hijacking it a little bit for our next question, which yeah. is, is there room for uh, 960? And pre-apologies. <laughs> but I just think like this thing with Kasparov, he's obviously back in the day, he yeah. was the guy who really pushed it with opening preparation. Yeah. First before opening the computer, prep. Yeah. and then with first to really adopt the computer. So here, you know, uh, he has a chance, really, to play. It feels just mano y mano against these guys, especially somebody like MVL. Hard to play against MVL. The guy's like so booked up. What are you supposed to do? And, yeah. and the same's true with a lot of those guys. What are you supposed to do? Um, and so it seems like an equalizer. And to me, I agree. like, well, I have a feeling Kasparov's score would probably be similar in normal chess too against these guys he would be around the middle of the pack. And like you said, maybe for the yeah. most year. I would, I would think that sort of going with your line of thinking, I would think he would do a bit worse because their opening prep is more current. They've spent more time memorizing it. Like he's not pumping in those hours memorizing variations right now, mm -hmm. um, nor does he probably have like a team of seconds like running computers for him in the background. So I think that it does help him to compete at this level that it is the 960 event. Okay, guys, and I want to I get in here and say a couple things. Well, because yeah. the first topic was supposed to be about Kasparov specifically, because it is kind of the Kasparov show. It's like his quote-unquote comeback and all this stuff. Not a comeback, but every time he comes back, it's his, it's his yeah. comeback. I think he's done fine, just based on his score. The mouse slip was really unfortunate. And I feel like he normally wouldn't do that. Um, well, especially not like over the board, of course. Uh, mm. So that game could have could have gone much better. I feel like the format is like really tough for him actually. <laughs> he's like he's the oldest guy, he's like the least active, and it's online and it's on Lee Chess. Like how much has Kasparov played on Lee Chess? Maybe it's easy. Maybe it's easy to pick up, but it's like uh I think he like he beat Ferruja in round one. That was the <laughs> that was the one game I was worried uh for him. <laughs> I was pretty sure Ferruja would flag him in a, from a bad position. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a there is an increment, right? 
I guess maybe not enough if he never plays online. Yeah, I remember, you know, in St. Louis when he was playing Blitz, he, he definitely, I think he, he gets quite nervous now uh, in time scrambles compared to his opponents. So I think mm-hmm. that's where the biggest difference might might show up. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, in yeah. terms of his performance, I'll say as an old guy, the thing as a fan that was mildly interesting was like, uh, not only am I getting older and he's you know older than I am, but he um, has been doing basically not chess for a, a great while. And if you follow him on Twitter, you can tell he's active, like in all kinds of causes. He's reading all kinds of news every day. Very, very busy dude not doing i'm sure he plays blitz online to relax or something but that's like yeah. as we know the worst thing you can do for your chess is to play a little bit of blitz online to relax <laughs> um and i've as well you know like i took some time off to write the book and stuff and it's really tough to come back so i mean honestly the bummer is like every time he loses or does worse than carlson people are going to in history think about it as some kind of match when i don't really think it is yeah it's not yeah. not a fair deal not at all yeah. so you know i think he's done great yeah. uh actually goes back to our debate last week about like age and aging and chess uh, chess skill i mean yeah i remember when he played uh against um the guys in st louis like he played those that event after the u.s championship and then one that was like uh, blitz and rapid um definitely felt like he hasn't lost like that much although it was a little skewed in his favor that he got to play wesley fabian naka like the day after they finished this grueling u.s championship and now they have to play like rapid (laughs) yeah i thought that was that that definitely gave him a little bit uh of an edge okay and then the final question by mitch we got to give a quick answer here if he came back started working again would kasparov be in the top 10 Yes. Ten seconds, Jesse. Ooh, hard to say. Hard to say because he's older than Anand, and uh, Anand is just barely—he's going to slip out of there real quick. It's really hard for an old dude in there. And honestly, Anand is the exception to the rule. Most old dudes aren't aren't making it. Cool. All right, time's up. I would also say no, he wouldn't be. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm the only one he won't kill when he sees us. <laughs> uh okay, next uh topic. Let's move the arrow down. Hey, thanks for the sub, Pass on. Ten minutes on the clock. Is there room for more chess nine sixty? Jesse, I guess uh you start Yes, with over to one. you. <laughs> sure, I'll start. Um, you know, ages ago, uh, David Proust tried to get me interested in Go, and other people tried to get me interested in Go. And, you know, they were like, dude, this is a great game. It's really complex. And then when me and David went to Asia and China in 2008, and it was just like Go everywhere, really impressive Go culture. And so, uh, my reaction was, you know what, it could be really amazing, but I, even then, that was 10 years ago. I'm like, well, more than 10 years ago. I'm, I, I was like, I need to cut back on the other things in my life. Chess is more than enough. More than enough. When I think of all the things I have to learn in chess, it's too much. I, I, I'm already overwhelmed. So the idea that I need more variants in order to make chess more interesting, 
I just don't feel the need. And we talked a little bit on the Coaches show today, and uh, Mikhailo Oleksienko said the exact same answer I did. It was just like, as a fan, as a player, I don't need it. Now, does that mean it's like doesn't have a place for it? I, I don't know, you know, but as if they invite me to St. Louis to do a chess 960 event, I'm going to go. But, <laughs> you know, no, I'm not interested in, in doing it. It doesn't mean it's a dumb game. Just like Go, I'm sure Go is a great game, but I just like I'm, I'm already overwhelmed in life. I need less <laughs> things in my life, not more. And I think a lot, most chess players think that way. That's why I don't think it's, that's why it hasn't taken off. There's been a lot of interest in 960 for a while now but it hasn't really taken over. So I'm with, um, I'm with you, Jesse, kind of in this, with the sentiment, especially actually my, my answer for the next one will definitely be along these lines of like, yeah, the regular game of chess is already so like difficult to master. And we've been trying to for like hundreds of years. And we're like, like maybe we've, we've scratched some surface area, but clearly there's a ton of mysteries left uh, mm. within the, the normal starting position that, that we don't know. Like there's no established, best opening there's lots of options still considered very playable um but i do think that in general like chess 960 is super cool and as far as variants go i think it is better than basically everything else it's like as far as my opinion goes um so i would totally be down to have like a separate 960 world championship i think that would be cool it would be really awesome if the 960 world champion was not in like the top 10 of regular chess like what if uh like Jobava wins it. Like that would be incredible. That would be so cool. We'd set up some kind of like, I don't know, dual match. I, I think there is room for, for more 960 because it's it's definitely chess. It just takes away the opening. But fundamentally everything about the game is still there in 960. It's just a different starting position. So it's like changing chess in the most radical way, but without actually changing anything fundamental about it. All the same strategies still apply. Tactics are still the most important thing. Tactics are still going to like decide 99% of games. So I'm, I'm a fan for uh, doing a lot more 960, especially classical 960. Yeah. I mean, almost essentially almost everything that you've studied in chess applies across, except like memorizing some, some opening moves, which is the worst part of chess. So. <laughs> it's it's not like it's not like like if you if you decided to take up go that would require an enormous like change right and you would have mm -hmm. to it would really it would split your brain and your time and your energy but like if we started playing chess 960 tournaments it's not like jesse would be like oh i have to go like learn this new game right i mean you could just go into a tournament tomorrow jesse and you'd be fine so I, I do that's, feel a, like, that's a good argument go ahead Kosti. yeah i feel like 960 though is harder for spectators because like there's no familiar structure. There's no familiar strategy until something like the best case scenario, the players get like an English structure and then we can say like, oh, it's in English. So this is what we understand about the position or like, oh, it looks like a French now. So this is what we understand. At least that's the feeling like I personally don't love watching 960, even though it's like the best players in the world. Like I'm very curious to see how they do, but they have like these, this nine on D3, nine on E3 and I'm like, it, my brain is like, okay, they're playing bug house. Like I shouldn't take this seriously. That's kind of how my brain reacts to it. But I do respect like, I mean, it's, it's obviously still chess. Yeah. Yeah. And for David, I think, uh, like, I don't, even though my memory is, is gone and it's very hard for me to study openings and it's definitely a weak point. I don't feel like, as I think David does that it's preventing him 
from playing tournament chess because i think if if 960 were to make it especially amongst like a broad uh portion of both the normal chess people and the advanced chess people it would be like uh a bunch of davids coming forth and being like I want to free myself from the shackles of space bar, right? I want to free myself from all this dreary opening study and just be free and be a dude. Um, and that's a cool argument, um, but I haven't yet seen the critical mass because that's what you would need really, a critical mass of people who were thinking that way and fans who were thinking that way to make that switch happen, you know? Um, let me just say there's a kind of whether or not classical chess is the best way it has an inertia all of its own and part of that inertia is just like the tradition behind it we've got world champions going back hundreds of years and uh yeah there's a beauty and a conversation that's taken place that chess 960 just won't have right but I, I like the argument. I'm not, I'm not immune to David's argument. I think yeah. the argument is, is uh, romantic in its appeal, honestly. And, and to be clear, it's not opening theory that keeps me from playing in tournaments. You know, it's just something that I would be grumbling about if my kids weren't keeping me from playing in tournaments. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, but certainly if they had 960 tournaments, I would be much more interested in playing. It would be a lot more fun. I would enjoy the tournaments more. And I enjoy watching, you know, pro players play 960 a lot more than watching them play the Slav. Hmm. Yeah, I, okay. yeah, I feel differently there for sure. Um, well, let me ask you, Dave, let me throw it back to you. Chess 960 has been around a while. Well, we've had a lot of people like St. Louis sponsor tournaments with some money at stake, top, top rated guys getting in there. I think among the very top, there's like, I think, Aronian's the most pumped about it from the interviews I've seen. He's also mm -hmm. probably the best at it. But why don't you think uh, it's had more traction since it's been really, I would say, Wait, what, when you said inertia, inertia. Yeah. I mean, you could look at all kinds of things in the world outside of chess as well. Right. Like, you know, police violence, right. People been protesting that in like cycles for, decades and decades and decades right why doesn't it change a big part of it is just inertia with anything that doesn't change mm -hmm. magnus did say recently i thought it was really interesting he was like you know do we want to just keep our tradition or do we want to actually figure out who the best player in the world is and i thought that was cool but yeah. you know if we end tradition with magnus then he gets to be the last classical world champion like <laughs> that's it's a big it's a big mantle and then he's like okay and then we had the modern system <laughs> we had the modern system he could be the first champion of that too yeah he's got another 10 years for us to switch if he wants <laughs> he wants that <laughs> about but um i've i've talked to a quite a number of of gms who would prefer to play 960 so i think um i think a lot of it is just uh it's just inertia. It's just what like tournament directors are used to organizing and what, you know, people at FIDE expect and nobody's yet said like, oh, I'm going to make like a rating system and maintain it. And I'm going to like, you know, run this tournament and I'm going to put up the money. Right. I mean, you said St. Louis put in some money. They ran some events, but, you know, it's like rapid chess. There's no ratings. There's no titles. So, I mean, there's a lot of like infrastructure to be built up 
Um, and again, like I'm very much on the same page as a lot of things that Laurent said in chat, you know, where like, I don't think it's necessary for amateurs, but of course, if, you know, amateurs want to play in the chess 960 tournaments, anyone would be welcome to have more fun. You know, there's no discrimination there. I do have one possible compromise. Um, cause I actually, I do enjoy like opening prep and like finding new ideas. And that would be to have a, a determined position, like a random position for like a season, like a month of events. So you announce it, you give players like time to prepare for a week or so. And then, you know, you have that one position for the season. That, that would be, be awesome the only way if they weren't going to use their computers. <laughs> <laughs> because it would be great. I mean, I agree 100%. I would love to like go into some no tech bubble and like study the position for a month with, you know, you and other people and then play you. But if you're just going to like turn on your computer and sit there for like, you know, whatever, a season, um, letting your computer run, then like, why it's well, just it's pointless cent it's centaur chess you gotta like no, you gotta no find advantage. ideas with the uh because you're not going to be able to prepare deeply but it'll be up to you to come up with like ideas to to prep anyway right of time all right let's go to uh the next topic um yes we can predict jesse's answer here <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I was going to say something just to introduce this next next topic because the part of it that's it struck me when we were talking about this interesting about nine sixty that applies to all the variants as well is like this uh, what chess nine sixty the discussion reveals whether we like it or not is it reveals a lot of the interesting hierarchy and institutional stuff stickiness it's called institutional stickiness that keeps our chess world going. And so here's, here's, first of all, a thing that I find interesting that's outside of chess, and that is the idea that institutions have their own lives and institutions fight for their own survival. So when you create an institution, it wants to survive and it will do anything to survive. And it's weird because you don't think of institutions as being their own protagonists. But if you look at any institution, government or otherwise, they have a lifetime that goes forward and are, they're surprisingly resilient to death. <laughs> anyway, so the point I want to make with that is like um, so much of the stickiness of keeping uh, the classical chess alive has to do with our emotional attachment to things like titles and ratings and that kind of thing. And the analogy I'll give you is when I was teaching college, I had this realization one day that was just horrific, but it was so true. And then, you know, many years later it also seems true is that the kids, when they're there, they seem very interested in the material. But the second you take away the grades and the little like BA and MA or whatever it is, they don't care at all. Right. So it's this interesting thing that applies to chess very much when you start thinking about all the other variants. Right. They, the reason they're not going to make it or the, the hurdle that they would have to overcome is to have that same institutional structure, which has a history and these titles, which have meaning for a lot of people outside of the chess world. If you say I'm a grandmaster or I'm a master, all this stuff like later in the show uh, tonight, we're going to do Sunday night fights. And a lot of those guys are fighting for time. 
and they're they're it's very meaningful for them whether it's a rating or just saying to say expert which is uscf 2000 or master uscf 2200 those are a big deal for those people and uh for our own kostia kavutsky too who we're gonna send off to Lvov, Ukraine, to study <laughs> under the the masters over there, so he can get his GM title. <laughs> I know. So yeah, let me clarify. Especially maybe someone's watching on YouTube and doesn't know what the new Alpha Zero variants uh, even are. Recently, there Good. was this paper released by Google where they tried different variants in chess. Um, a few of the more popular ones that I heard about was one where you're just not allowed to castle. The same game, but castling's not a thing. Good luck. Um, one you, where you can capture your own pieces. Warwind pawns, I think, in additional, in addition to how they normally move, they can also move one square sideways um, in either direction. Uh, there was one called Torpedo, where pawns can move two squares at any point, which I think is fun. Actually, I didn't realize that was one of them. I want, I vote for that one. I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two pawns, because that's, that's how kids, they always do it. So, <laughs> um, And uh, basically, I guess Alpha Zero played these variants against itself like uh, a million times again uh, and and came up with a bunch of stats like what the draw rate was what uh, it it felt like are the piece values in um, each variant uh, one of the bigger ones I think is the stalemate equals win one Nigel Short is like a big fan of this I think there are others as well um, and that one seems to I'm not sure if it 100% reduces the draw rate but like one interesting thing that comes out of it is that pawns are now worth more when stalemate equals a win. Yeah. Uh, presumably because now king and pawn against king is just winning, is just a winning end game. Um, so I think that uh, stalemate equals win is like a whole different, uh, can be a whole different debate on its own because there's like a lot of, I think, pros and cons of that one. Just in general for the variants, I'm like, okay, if we're gonna add another variant, like the starting position is already so complicated now we have like 950 more to sort through. Like, let's sort through those, and then maybe we can talk about no castling chess. Like, like yeah, come on. <laughs> that's that's it. That's how I feel. <laughs> so you would rather play 960 than start changing how the whole game is played? Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, if the goal is to make chess like more exciting, but not like radically change it, then yeah. Um. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with Kostya. <laughs> like all those other variants, like, well, or not all of them, but a lot of those other variants change the rules in such a way that it's like basically you've created a new game using chess. Right. You know, and it's not exactly chess anymore. It's like a chess game, the way Chinese chess and like Go are chess games, right? Um, or Shogi. Um, and, you know, if that's the case, well, you could just go play Chinese chess or Shogi, right? Those also exist. Like if you're ready to start moving your pawns two spaces. Um, I hate the idea of moving them sideways, by the way, because then like you're so, so, so far away from chess. There's no structure, right? No pawn structure. That's really like, like, like show your crazy house, right? That you can never have any positional factor. It's all just like tactics. And I don't know, you guys, you guys might find this odd, but that's the, the game that would probably like favor my strengths versus weaknesses the most. There'd be no end games, right? There'd be no positional factors, a lot of calculation and tactics. Um, and that's what I like the least. And then the one that I would probably play the worst at, but I like the best would be just stalemate as a win. Cause like, I already like struggle to ever draw a worse end game. And then if you add that my opponent can win any game that they stalemate me, like I really like, I will just, I'll just lose again and again and again, you know, every single 
game but that appeals to me a lot more yeah i want to just say i despise that but it has no chance of ever making it so i i'm not threatened <laughs> by it at all the game the name of the game is checkmate that means death to the king that means you got to stick your dagger into the dude it's not like you just get to dance around him you know it's not it's not a dance yeah, the, no, I mean, the, the stalemate isn't a, that's, that's not a, there's no dagger in the stalemate. It's got to be death. It's got to be death. Yeah. No chance of this happening. Um, let me just also say about this, that interestingly about these variants, I think one of the things that's interesting about the variants to me is arguably we're already dealing in the last several months with loads of variants. And, and let me just say what I mean. The chess world, I think, changed dramatically uh, with this COVID thing. And I think the biggest variant that's going on now, and I'm, hopefully I'm not hijacking the alpha zero variants, but the variants, that, the, the big one that's happening is online chess. That is just a different game. It is a different game. And uh, that is now going to be with us. It might at some point very soon even become the real game and also like the different time controls that are evolving those are all to me different games yeah and, and i would say actually even before this happened let's say oh, somewhere around five years ago suddenly and it still makes me angry this 90 plus 30 second thing became the norm yeah. and you know to me that's just way too fast it's not it's not manly because it ends too fast too there's no sitting at the board now for a very long time yeah you know, back in the day it was 40 and 2 20 and 1 sudden death and maybe a half an hour that was a standard time control there were some tournaments that did a little bit differently but never was it as fast as 90 plus 30. so anyways all these variants are already happening and i already feel that they're bewildering so no, <laughs> I don't want any more. And the online chess, maybe at some point in a different discussion, we can talk about that, but that has definitely come and that is here for us. Um, and let me just say the obvious thing about it, what you're seeing with the online chess is uh, in terms of institutions, you've got people with Lee Chess ratings, with chess.com ratings, with uh, Chess24 ratings, and they're all different. They're different for classical, for yeah. uh, rapid, all this stuff. Do they make any sense? No, they're wildly different. And so people are like trying to compare them and they don't understand it. And they're like, I'm a 2200 on Lee Chess, but darn it, I'm only a 1600 on chess.com. And so there's that institutionality problem in the online chess world. Big time. Wow, Jesse, you just gave me another $10 million idea. I wonder if I'll give it to chess.com or, or just, just tuck it away. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down over here, but I don't think I'm going to forget it. Okay. Yeah, those ratings are so, so confusing. And uh, not to mention, people will include their puzzle rating in that calculation as well. They're like, right. well, I'm 2,600 in puzzles, so does that mean I should be 2,200 USCF? Like, no, pick up a book. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to next topic. Yeah. And that is... is Did we all agree that none of those variants were, were needed at all by any of us? 
Yeah. It's just and they have no chance. No one was asking for them. Yeah. Cool. Kostya, we're forgetting to poll people. If you want me to poll people at the end of a question, let me know anytime. I'd be happy to. Sure, yeah. As soon as we uh, like, we have a disagreement, we should absolutely poll. Yeah, thanks, Angelica Chessborn, for the rage. Chessborn, now that's yeah. a great name. That is an awesome name. Very That is an Thrones. epic, epic <laughs> name to be born with. Like the Ironborn, right? The Ironborn, yep. exactly. <laughs> hey, Spring Dog, good to see you. Um, well, we are in the middle of our talk show. We are just moving on to our next topic, and that is, is the new Stockfish 12, which comes with its own Alpha Zero, Lila Zero type neural network system of evaluating positions. Is that a game changer? It was supposed to be something like, I think they calculated 100, 120 points stronger than the previous version of Stockfish, which is a big, I mean, that's a big bump for, for computer chess. Um, but of course, the big thing is like it's now Stockfish with all of its computing power, but plus this neural network. So, what do you guys think? Um, I think that one of what it proves is that computers have been rising in rating for I think it's something like four hundred points every decade, and so it proves that it's still happening because the intuition might have been that it's slowing down, right? In fact, the rating of these things is actually still increasing. Um, and in terms of this discussion, actually, with openings and all this stuff, maybe we'll look at a couple of positions in a second, but, but one great quote that Vichy said was, for every door that the computers close, they've opened several more. And I, I haven't fooled around with it too much. I just installed it pretty recently on my chess base, but just the couple positions I did where I compared chess base 10, excuse me, chess base, stockfish 10 <laughs> to stockfish 12, it was pretty dramatic. And so it was like, oh, we're, and, and it was right too. I checked it and I was like, oh, this is the real deal. This is gonna open up new ways of seeing chess. Um, and let's just say uh, the, al the, uh, the alpha zero chess thing, right? changed the way I saw chess, but I didn't get to play with Alpha Zero. I didn't get to put it on my computer, right. but I do get to put Stockfish 12 on my computer. So Jesse, like you tweeted a move where Black yeah. played like A5 in right. some random position, right? Yeah. You remember? Oh yeah. You tweeted? Okay. You checked on that move somehow and found out it was a good move? And it was weird too, because uh, I should say somebody um, tweeted like that's a known move and I hadn't even checked the database. To me, it was like a weird looking move. Maybe, maybe Kosi can pull it up. But in any case, um, the, the thing about it was somebody, a human working with a previous computer had found some of the key ideas before, but it was Stockfish 12 that saw it like bam right away. And it was, yeah, it was, to me, it was powerful. I was like, oh yeah. And that was totally right. And honestly, if you had that in your prep, like Stockfish gave it as zeros, you know, yeah. but if you had a part of your prep, you're pretty, you've got a huge advantage in that game because there's some dirty tactics that it sees coming with that move, A5. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Well, then I suppose it could be a game changer for some people. It could change their prep, it could shift some some variations that we play to variations that we don't play and some variations we don't play to variations we do play, right? If it 
if it gives everybody that power at home to to uh, find those advances. Also, I think it just ends up creating more paths of available chess openings, right? Yeah. Like, and that's been in my lifetime. Like, honestly, when chess before computers, we really felt there was a very, the, the, the paths of respectable openings were much smaller, much smaller than they are now. You can play all kinds of stuff now. I mm -hmm. discovered in my latest video, you could basically play the Philidor. No one thought you could play the Philidor. It's fine. <laughs> you can totally play. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Question, please, Sensei. Yeah. If I feed the Benoni to Stockfish 12 or some other engine, yeah. will it find that I'm allowed to play this opening or will it vomit all over me like everybody else does? Well, okay. That's an interesting thing. So Stockfish... And I haven't just played that much with Stockfish 12, but one of the things that the old Stockfish definitely had going was a huge evaluation for space, more than most humans. So anytime yeah. there was a space advantage, the Stockfish was always like, oh, someone's dying here. <laughs> and especially on a human level, like- even And it's my you, minor pieces. <laughs> even if you believe that in the evaluation, Converting a space advantage, I think, is one of the hardest things to do. Uh, so that's the thing about the Benoni and the space advantage. And, and part of the problem as a human is when you see a computer tell you that the position is next to lost, like the Benoni, it's psychologically hard to then play it because you feel lost, even though you're not sure why. <laughs> like if you can't see an advantage that looks like plus one to you, then you're sort of confused looking for something better than you have. Well, right. It's just also just so depressing when the computer says you're toast and, and, and your human eyes don't necessarily get it, but you're like, oh, I guess I'm toast here. I guess the Pannoni's <laughs> lost. And that happens with all those positions with the space advantage. Yeah. So, okay, I want to make a correction. Argos is saying, and there have been a couple of you in the chat talking about how exactly the, the neural network for Stockfish 12 works compared to Lilo and Alpha Zero. It's definitely not this, the same thing. What they're saying is basically Stockfish 12 has same basic algorithm as Stockfish 11, but when it evaluates positions, it uses the neural net instead of like just pure heuristics, which are kind of like programmed into by the uh, uh, the engineer. Um, so yeah, to me that makes Stockfish 12 like really powerful because of course we all know engines have this horizon effect and if they don't see checkmate, they won't show you that it's checkmate, but a human or an engine like Alpha Zero or Lila Zero can see that a position is going to be mate without actually calculating it all the way out and evaluate it as such. So if we can add that feature into Stockfish, then it's really powerful. Uh, a while back, I made a video uh, showing a bunch of positions that like Stockfish 11 had a hard time solving, like even on like a very strong uh, like computer. And I tried some of those positions with Stockfish 12. And it definitely solved them faster and like in a much faster than you would expect, given, you know, the rating difference between the two engines was not that much higher in terms of percentage, right? It's like mm. 100 points for a 3000. It's like 3% or something rating increase. But it solved a lot of the positions in like half the time. Like I want to do a real video and like measure it, but it solved the the positions a lot faster and these are positions where like you know the winning move is bishop takes h7 and a human can kind of figure that out intuitively but for the engine it takes a while to calculate 
uh, and Stockfish 11 on like my, my current desktop might take like 10 minutes, 15 minutes to see that it's actually first interesting and then, and then even winning. Mm -hmm. um, Leela zero, given the same position, snaps out bishop takes h7. It knows it's good. It just knows. And Stockfish 12 was able to find it like much, much faster than, than the previous version. Uh, I think Mikhailo Alexienko had like a similar experience. He likes testing engines a lot with, with weird positions. And he was saying that Stockfish 12 solves stuff a lot, lot faster. Okay, Kosi, this is going to be a noob question, and I think there's a lot of other people who also don't get it. We got some people who are very computer savvy in the chat, so let me just see if I can get put it in the clearest terms for me. So basically, if I understand you right, like when you download Stockfish 12, yes, it's stronger than 10, but if you don't have it connected to the neural network, it's not nearly as cool as with neural network and try to explain to me why the neural network is so great. So for me, the neural network is the evaluation. Like if you end your calculation with a position where your enemy king is exposed and you got a bunch of pieces coming in, as a human, you know that position is mate. There's no way the king is getting out. I might not be able to see 100% of all the lines, but I know that's gonna be a winning attack. Mm -hmm. Normal engines, if they don't actually calculate until mate, they're not gonna give you that plus minus evaluation. But a neural net will based on its evaluation, right? That's why they like these pawns on h6, they like this pawn on f6. Like alpha zero or Lila zero, if they see a pawn on f6 and an open king, they're like plus three. <laughs> it's a bit of an exaggeration, but that's how they kind of, they're not like, they're not brute forcing it. They're evaluating it based on their experience. They know that they know something sort of like the old principle that like a pawn on one of those squares is an extra piece in the attack. And if the game's going to revolve around the attack, you're up a piece. <laughs> this is like a 1600 explaining to a 1200. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine with me. That's fine. Okay. So, so let me put it this way. So when I down, when I'm just dealing with the stockfish 12, I'm basically just have an algorithm in my hands. But then when I put the neural network on top, it's like it's it's this uh, deep learning that's already happened. It's like a patch on top of that thing. Mm -hmm. Something like that. That's okay. how I understand it. Okay. Um, and the regular neural networks like Lilo Zero, Alpha Zero, they don't have that algorithm. They just have a huge and very developed neural net, and they have a very like small like, you know, they calculate like I don't know a fraction of the positions that uh, Stockfish looks at. So like you can read the comment from Noto who's saying that a heuristic evaluation means that somebody has like put into it like principles. Somebody has told it like a knight is worth this much in the center, a knight is worth this much on the side. Like somebody's right. just given it a way to put an evaluation on a position. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going by Argos? The new Stockfish is like if you had a GM glancing at the position at the end of every line and giving you their gut feeling. <laughs> Well, that's interesting, yeah. Nice. All right, time's up. Final oh, that's topic. a very good explanation. Thanks, Argos. A super-duper GM, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dojo update. Well, we got a lot going on. Oh, man. Well, that's yeah. good. A lot of yeah. new stuff. Tell me about it. Whew. Okay, well, okay, directly after this show, we'll be doing Sunday Night Fights. We have a bunch of new groups that have just started uh, for that. 
Um, in about two Saturdays, September 26th, we are planning uh, the start of a really big show. We're very excited about this one. It's basically gonna be a coaching show. We're getting students for it. They're all gonna be in the same range. Uh, the format is going to be really fun, but basically it's going to be like a reality coaching show where students get uh, trained every week by their coach and they compete against each other in uh, challenges and group events every two weeks leading to a rapid knockout finale uh, in early November. So that's going to be like our big, our big show. It's going to be season one. Uh, coming up dude i want to out coach you am i on the show <laughs> david's on the show uh, i'll be on the show we're gonna have two more coaches um jesse will be doing the commentary i believe for the events yes um we got actually uh enum sam copeland he is likely going to be hosting the show so he'll be involved if you guys are fans of sam and uh yeah we're gonna get two more coaches it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, a lot of fun so stay tuned for for that. One thing I'll say, because like predictably everybody's asking about joining. Um, one thing I'll say is that like we're going to do multiple seasons of this, so we're keeping the first season pretty short. Um, we're going to do multiple seasons, and like different seasons are going to be different rating classes. Does that make sense? So like we'll have like the first season is class A. All the right. students will be between eighteen hundred and two thousand feet A, or some comparable national rating range or something like that right and then like there'll be like season like e where everybody's between a thousand and twelve hundred and and etc and we'll sort of bounce around so depending on when your rating comes up you may um you may have like a season that that's good for you so if you are in that range 1800 to 2000 and you think you want to be part of the show like noto is saying send me a message on discord um there's no guarantee you'll get on because there's only eight spots but you know we not everyone is going to accept. So if you're interested, message me and you, you might get in. So this is your, so, uh, your so, chance. So guys, let's flesh it out a little bit. Like what, what would the coaching involve? Well, the way it will start with, uh, everything is going to be rapid. So the whole competition is going to be rapid events with the exception of one, uh, blitz tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, every week the coach can work Every coach is going to have two students. There's going to be four coaches, eight students. They can work with them together or individually. And, uh, well, I don't want to give away what I'm going to be doing exactly, but you can work <laughs> on your play. You can work on your tactics. We're not setting any limits on how much the student can work with the coach. That's just going to be uh, totally up to them. Um, each team can, can figure it out. And... Uh, yeah, for the most part, we're using OTB ratings, um, but this will basically be a rapid event. It'll be interesting to see how much yeah. these players can actually improve over the course of, of six weeks. It's going to be about a six-week season. When I originally conceived of this uh, of this idea, Mitch, like a decade ago, it was for classical chess, and the idea was that after like three to six months of training, the players would go to the world open and they'd all be in the same section, right? Because they're all either A players or C players or whatever, right? And they'd all be in the same section of the world open. And basically the order in which they finish in the world open would be sort of like the the final challenge standings. Now with OTB chess on hold and us doing this, uh, finally implementing this idea um, and it being online, it makes sense to go with uh, rapid chess for the moment, I think. Um, also for making like, you know, really palatable streaming show where we can sort of contain all the excitement of the final event in like you know a couple hours online yeah, yeah. so that will be 
that's going to be fun. That's starting September 26th. We'll have uh, more announcements on that coming up, but yeah, you guys can, can look forward to that. Um, let's see. Also, we, uh, yeah, the training sessions will be, will be streamed. That's going to be a big, a big part of it. Yeah. Um, draft order. That's, and everything a, that's a rule. You can out. teach as much as you want, but it's got to be online. Um, the other coaches can't watch your sessions, but everybody else can. So you guys, you guys will be able to watch all of the sessions. Any, any fans following the show. That's right. Yeah. I'm very excited for that. Um, Okay, let's see. Next up, there's gonna be a new Norm Hunter. Uh, oh yeah. Starting right. up uh, next week, we're gonna be doing the final show with Todd uh, this Monday, and then there will be a next uh, season starting the Monday after that. I'm not gonna give away who it is just yet, but I will say that it's a very, very strong player, and is a grandmaster. So that's right. <laughs> it's not really a norm hunter wait a minute there's a lot going on there let me let me interview about interview you about this yeah. so what's happening with todd do you guys have irreconcilable differences about the king's gambit <laughs> no no <laughs> i think actually we will uh keep working uh together but we've done 20 episodes with todd originally i was thinking maybe 12 to 15 would be good for the season uh basically what we're going to do is we're going to develop a final training plan with Todd, send him mm -hmm. off, and then check in with him in a couple months, see how he's doing. So we'll have a little reunion. All right. All right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I am I am serious. The GM reached out. They they like the show. They want to be on it. They have their own goals. You know, GMs might not be hunting for norms, but they do want to get better. And in fact, as Jesse talks about in Road to 2500, sometimes you struggle with motivation if you don't have something, to, something very concrete uh, to work for. So will you be the coach? I will be coaching them. That's right. Whoa. Yeah. Oh man. How long till I get to the show? That will be starting um, September twenty first, season two. Yeah, oh my goodness! Nice. A week from tomorrow or something. That's right. Yeah. Stay tuned. We'll announce who it Whoa. is on. Uh, I guess on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, and then if if real chess comes back, then maybe I can get I'll be Costas coach, <laughs> and then boom, we'll go for it from there. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll do a quick update. This is just a dream, but I, I'm almost certain this is going to happen. Uh, Candidates is coming back. That's I true. think it's November, November and 1st. we will be covering that. And then we have to figure out how we cover it. But, uh, you know, this, the dojo started off with the candidates and we did like, we had a move of the day. We had various recaps and that was really cool. You can see that on our YouTube channel, but we will do something, uh, aggressive. I hope just cause I'm interested in watching it as a fan. So I'll, I'll try to produce some content for that. For sure. I've got an aggressive layout idea. The entire screen is purple and in <laughs> big white letters, it says, free Raja and then in a tiny little corner where you can't even see it there's like a chessboard with some you know with playing <laughs> or something but you can't actually see his pieces all you can see is free Raja yeah yeah we're, we're gonna continue that uh the series the game of the day yeah. and uh, move of the day recaps right that'll be awesome and Kosti I guess the other question is we we're still not official twitch partners we're, we're waiting on that no, we are we are still being reviewed. Yeah, it's been a while. Okay. 
Yeah. It's been much longer than they originally promised. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. I'm sure we'll get it at some point. Um, cool. Yeah. Tomorrow I'm doing... Uh, my, my show's been getting kicked around, my road to 2500. It's the, the gnomes on chess.com. We try to, you know, they're... I don't know. I got, pro I got issues with the gnomes. Anyway, I'm doing that tomorrow at 5. I'm going to be talking about calculation, but also I'm going to try to touch this genetics question without people getting really upset. And, <laughs> I, I got genetics, I, Jesse. I am not going to touch anybody's genetics, but we're going to get into some interesting questions really about chess improvement. I'm going to try to be as clear as possible without hurting, but without getting myself hurt. Um, well, let's see. Well, if you guys haven't been in Discord in a while, uh, we've got a new bot as well. That's really, really cool. You can now connect your chess.com account to it, your Lee Chess account to it. It'll track your progress uh, on a daily basis and uh, automatically assign you a new role if you jump up. We're actually going to be switching up the, uh, the belt system so that the belts just respond or correspond to uh, classical ratings. And we'll have separate roles for, for blitz ratings. So we'll have a better divide of who's like a classical genius and who's more of a, a blitz specialist. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, make sure to hang out in, in Discord if you guys aren't already doing that constantly. Nice. Um, and we should mention uh, we just started our new round robins and I think the new ladder, right? So, yeah, ladder season two. So let's just, to be clear, they can still sign up for both of those things or is that closed? What is so the, the round robins are harder to get into. Basically, I'll have that open kind of like all the time. And then once we get enough players to start a new group, I'll, I'll set something up. But that can be pretty sporadic. Um, but the latter is is just open and it's going to be open until I think uh, end of October is is this season. And that's you can just sign up and start organizing games with players, start messaging or most people, they just post in, in the channel ladder, say I'm this belt and I'm looking for a game and when you can play and, and so on. Right, right. Cool. Well, join us in a little bit and we're gonna be doing Sunday Night Fight. Yeah, thanks guys, this was great. We'll be wrapping up the show. Uh, we'll be back with Sunday Night Fights. Jesse and I are gonna take a couple minutes break and uh, yeah, I'll be following some, some classical chess. And then David, you are streaming tonight actually after Sunday Night Fights, right? Yeah, nice. I'll be streaming 7.30 to 8.30 Pacific, approximately. We'll see. Maybe I'll keep going. Depends what's going on at home. But, uh, yeah, I'll do a post-mortem show. So anybody who's playing Sunday Night Fights, you're welcome to come bring your game, and we'll uh, we'll look at it in depth. My favorite part of all of chess culture, the post-mortem. Oh, nice. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll catch you all soon. All right. Bye-bye.